That's why Christians can go through hell and back, and yet they have peace. That's why the believer can have hope when there is no hope. That's why the believer is left standing when everybody else falls. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Talk. And thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues his exciting series, The Gift. What is the Holy Spirit? Many of us may have grown up in churches where we called it the Holy Ghost, which sprinkles a little bit of old school into it. But no matter which variation you use, spirit or ghost, are we really asking the right question? The question is not what is the Holy Spirit, but who is the Holy Spirit? Pastor Jeff shows us today, so grab your Bibles and let's go right to his message called, The Holy Spirit is Not an It. Now, we're going to see today that the Holy Spirit is not a thing or an it or some kind of a force that moves randomly and you can't really know him. He's sort of untouchable in terms of knowing Him like we know Jesus or like we know God. But I'm going to call this today, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Of all the members of the Godhead, I believe the Holy Spirit is the least understood. When I say to you, do you understand God the Father? A lot of you say, oh yeah, I understand God the Father. He loved the world so much. He gave His only Son. He created everything. Yeah, I got you on God. And then if I say, what about Jesus? Oh, I know even more about Jesus. I say, tell me all you know about the Holy Spirit. Meh. Because we don't really understand what the Bible tells us about the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, I'm a debtor to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets me up here. I don't think, I can't imagine a preacher who made that choice as a career choice. I can't imagine being a pastor as a career choice. If that's your choice, God be with you. We need God to choose us and God to anoint us, and God to lead us. And every minister needs the Holy Spirit like he needs oxygen. And you as God's people need the Holy Spirit like you need oxygen. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is the oxygen of the soul. His presence. So we're going to see today that he's a real person with all the qualities of a real person. I'm going to be sharing several Bible verses with you because I get all of my, here's a big word, pneumatology, which is your study of the Holy Spirit. I get it from the Bible. The Bible tells us all kinds of things about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the world cannot accept Him. Now, I want you to notice all the personal pronouns He uses to describe the Holy Spirit. He says the world cannot accept Him. It doesn't see Him or know Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. Five times in one verse, he uses five personal pronouns to describe a person, 
the Holy Spirit. You can't call a thing a he or a him. You use personal pronouns to describe people. Jesus used it. He established that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's in this room. He's in you. He's a person. Just because you can't see him doesn't make him real. We see the wind blow all the time. You can't see it, but you see what it does. And I'm looking at a bunch of people that the Holy Spirit has blown on, and you're here because of that. And some of you are here because you want more of him, and you're hungry for him, and you're seeking some answers, and you know they are found in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is here to lead you to him. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And since we clearly understand the first two, the Father and the Son, as persons, then certainly why would we not consider the Holy Spirit to be a person, not a thing, not an it, not the force, but a person? When we baptize people in water, we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him by baptism into his death, that is Jesus, raised to walk in the newness of life. We baptize you in the name of all three because they are three in one, yet they have three distinct personalities. They are three in one, but have three distinct personalities. Don't ask me to explain it. I receive it by faith. When God created the universe, the whole Godhead was involved. We see... God the Father is saying in Genesis, let us make man in our image. There's the plural. He's using a plural to describe himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. When it came to making you and me, he didn't just say, let there be. He said, this is going to take all three of us. And he says, let us make man in our image, all three spoken of there, the Trinity, I really think that because of the way the Holy Spirit is described, for instance, at the day of Pentecost, we don't see him as a person because the Bible says they were all up there praying, 120 of them, and it says suddenly there was a sound. It was a true audio sound, like sound started coming through these speakers, but there weren't any speakers. There was a sound, and it was the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it says this sound filled the whole house where they were sitting, and suddenly they also had a vision, a picture, so there was an audio sound and a visual sound or a visual sight, and it was tongues of fire over all of their heads who had been in prayer waiting for the Holy Spirit. So he manifested as a wind, and he manifested as flames of fire. Now... We see that and we go, well, because he was like a wind, then he is kind of like a force. And we don't tend to then visualize him as a person, but as a wind, as something you really can't grasp and something that uh, you can't know like the human person of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus compared the Holy Spirit to the wind. He told Nicodemus by night. He said, Nicodemus, let me explain it to you. Let me explain the Holy Spirit to you and the way he operates. The wind blows wherever it pleases, Nicodemus. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everybody born of the Spirit. We read that and we say, well, right there, even Jesus described the Holy Spirit as a wind. But all he was describing is the way the Holy Ghost moving is unpredictable. That's what he was saying. He said, you don't know when the wind is going to blow. All of a sudden it blows. 
And you don't know where it came from or where it's going. Those of us that were around in the 70s experienced what's called the Jesus Movement. And all of a sudden, in the late 60s and early 70s, it was an actual sovereign move of God. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit blew across America. And millions of hippies and druggies and down-and-outers and up-and-outers and all kinds of people got saved and brought into the Lord Jesus Christ and were baptized in the Holy Ghost and empowered by Him and filled by Him and changed by Him. And I've been around preachers who are preachers because of that time period, like me. And we have sat there and said, man, who prayed? Who fasted? Who interceded? That all of a sudden there was this move of God that swept the land. And the answer is, you don't know where he comes from. You don't know where he's going. So it is with the moving of the Holy Spirit. Some of you today are going to have that wind of God touch you in this service. He's going to blow your way. You're going to sense his presence. You're going to be filled with him. He is a filling spirit, an empowering spirit, but he's a person. He's a person. And we need to understand the personhood of the Holy Ghost. And so I want to share with you some of the attributes of the Holy Spirit that show us that he's a person so that we can get some good pneumatology today. Everybody say pneumatology. Now go out and tell the waitress at the restaurant and Impress her with a great big word, all right? I learned all about pneumatology today at Turning Point. <laughs> pneumatology. Let's get a little bit of pneumatology. First of all, are you ready? The Bible says the Holy Spirit, like a person, has a mind. He thinks. He strategizes. He has a mind. Romans eight twenty seven. Listen to this. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit has a mind, and that mind has knowledge. And according to that knowledge, He intercedes for you, knowledgeably, knowing you, knowing your struggles, knowing your temptations, knowing your pains, knowing your hurts, knowing the direction of your life, knowing your weaknesses. He intercedes. For you with knowledge, because he has a mind. 1 Corinthians 2 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us. How? Read it with me. By his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? Now watch this. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Spirit has a mind, and as a spirit with a mind, a person with a mind, he knows the very thoughts of God. He has a knowledge of the thoughts of God, and he shares with you and me God's purpose for us because he knows God's mind. The Holy Spirit has a mind. God has a plan for everybody in this room. You did not haphazardly get saved. You didn't wake up one day and because of the brilliance of your high IQ, decide you were going to go find Jesus. 
but the Holy Spirit led you to Jesus. No man comes to me except the Spirit draws him. And the Spirit drew you. And the Spirit of God, when He drew you and you repented and you came to Christ, the Spirit came to live inside of you. And He knew when He came to live inside of you, God's plan for you. He knew the plan for you as an individual. And so then he began to pray. The Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, intercedes for us, believers in harmony with God's own will. He's praying for Jeff. He's praying for Jim. He's praying for Sue. He's praying for you. He's praying for all of you according to God's will for you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that powerful? Isn't that wonderful to know that even when we feel like, man, I just, I just can't seem to work up prayer like I need to, you can know that even in your weakness, the Spirit of God is praying for you, crying out for you with knowledge according to God's plan for you. Now, could the Spirit pray for us if He wasn't a person with a mind possessing knowledge of God's purpose? No way. He couldn't do it. So like a person, the Holy Spirit has a mind. But you know what? Secondly, the Holy Spirit has a will. He has a will. Now I want you to look at something. This is very powerful. Paul told the Corinthian church, every believer, if you're a believer, raise your hand. If you've been born again, raise your hand high and give it a wave. Are you thankful for the grace of God? Now watch this. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us, those who've been born again, so that we can help each other. Now, that's telling us something very important. When you and I got saved, the Holy Spirit immediately himself gave us a gift. There's not a born-again person in here that doesn't have a spiritual gift. You may not feel like you've got a gift. You may not feel gifted, but you are gifted and you are a gift because he says he gave you the gift, a gift, so that you could gift somebody else with your gift, bless somebody else with your blessing. You have been gifted so that you can bless others. So you can help others. And then he lists the, the various gifts. He said, there's the word of wisdom. There's the word of knowledge, special faith, the gift of healing, working of miracles, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, gift of tongues, and the gift to interpret tongues. And he goes through this list. But then watch how he closes out the list. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts distributing to each one individually as he wills, as he wills. When the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, he knew who you were. He knew your DNA. He knew your makeup. He knew your weaknesses. He knew your strengths. And according to his will, he gifted you. He imparted a gift into you. So I want us to all say together, I'm gifted. gifted. Let's say it like we mean it. I'm gifted. Do you see the Spirit has a will? Distributing to each one individually as He wills. When God called me to preach, I was fresh out of juvenile detention center. I'd been in all kinds of trouble. And I would have been the last, the least among the least. You would have never picked me to be a preacher ever. If you had lined up 100 people, you would have never said that one. I might have been number 100, but you'd have never picked me. And I would have never picked me. My parents would never have picked me. But let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost had another thing in store. The Holy Ghost picked me. It was the Holy Ghost who put in me the preacher's fire. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a fire if you're called to preach. 
That's why I say it's not a career choice. You don't intellectually decide, well, I'm going into ministry. Ministry is not a career choice. It is a God choice. And listen, watch this. When he calls you to preach, he puts in you an inescapable, irretrievable, undeniable fire to preach the Word of God. That didn't come from Jeff Wickwire. That consuming fire to preach the Word of God came from the Holy Spirit. He put it in me. And whatever spiritual gift you possess, it was the Spirit's will. It was His choosing. He looked you over. He knew you. And He said, I'm going to impart this gift into this child of God. And He gifted you. So like a person, the Holy Spirit has a mind. And the Holy Spirit has a will. He willed to bless you. Are you glad He willed to gift you? Now, the third thing is the Holy Spirit has power. goes without saying. But think about it. We human beings have been given power. We've been given the strength to exert ourselves and do things. We have the power of life, the strength of life. As your days, so shall your strength be. And likewise, Jesus told the disciples just before ascending back to the Father, He said, don't you dare go out and try to preach until I send the Holy Spirit upon you. And He said, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Did you know that God doesn't look down and see a church that's barely eking by and holding on and kind of hiding in the shadows until he comes again? No, 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 no. God did not envision a church that way. God envisioned a church that had been redeemed by his son's blood, that had been filled with the power of his very spirit. The same spirit that hovered over the face of the deep in the beginning of creation now lives in you And he gives power. Everybody say power. The Greek word is dunamis. We get three English words from that one. Dynamic, dynamo, dynamite. Suggesting that the Holy Spirit's power is explosive. It is readable. It is detectable. It is visual. It's something that registers. It is power. Dynamo, dynamic, dynamite, power. It's the greatest power in all the earth. It's more powerful than a nuclear bomb. It's more powerful than an army. It's more powerful than the will of men. It's more powerful than all the forces of hell. You cannot stand against the very power of God He's gifted His church with. The gates of hell will not prevail against an empowered church. Thank God for the power of God. May the God of hope, Paul said, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. How many want to overflow with hope? How would you like to just burst with hope? Amen? Okay, listen to what it says. That you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even overflowing hope. That's why Christians can go through hell and back, and yet they have peace when everybody else is falling apart. That's why the believer can have hope when there is no hope. That's why the believer is left standing when everybody else falls. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Charles Spurgeon wrote, It's self-evident that wherever you find understanding will empower the attributes of God or the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you find understanding will empower, you have to find existence. 
It can't be a mere attribute. It cannot be a metaphor. It cannot be a personified influence. It must be a person. There's a person living inside of you and me. He has a mind. He has a will. He possesses power. And not only that, but he commits acts and deeds like a person. Today, you woke up. You remember that it was church day, and you said, hallelujah. You didn't say, oh, me. You said, amen. And you said with the psalmist, you were excited about going to the house of God. I was filled with joy when they said, let's go to the house of God. And you got up, you got dressed, you got in your car, you came here, you committed acts and deeds. Because you're alive, you committed acts and deeds. The Holy Spirit commits acts and deeds like a person. In the first chapter of Genesis, before anything was created, we find the Holy Spirit mentioned. You know, I'm about to read Genesis 1, 1 through 2. If you accept Genesis 1, 1 through 2, you cannot go with evolution. Because Genesis 1, 1 and 2 tell us right off the bat, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So don't let evolution make a monkey out of you. You know, seriously, if I were uh, an atheist, let's just say I was an atheist, and I looked all around me, at what is around me, the trees, the birds, all that is, if I looked at it and its complexity and the way it has all come together so that I can see you and you can see me and it responds to light and the pupil dilates and so on and so forth, if I looked at just that, I couldn't stay an atheist for long. Genesis tells us that the Holy Spirit was hovering or moving across the face of the waters at the very dawn of creation. This same Holy Spirit who took God's Word and built everything that we can see, touch, taste, smell, or hear, now lives and moves in us when we are in Christ Jesus. Wow! The Holy Spirit of the Creator of all things lives in us and moves in us. Now that we know that the Holy Spirit is a person, if you're like me, we will want to know more about His purpose and mission concerning us. If He helped create the world we live in, just imagine what He can do in us. Well, that's it for now. We hope that you've enjoyed the message. And remember this today. The Holy Spirit will be with you and live in you wherever you are and wherever you go. Join us on the next Life Talk program as Pastor Jeff continues with part two of the message, The Holy Spirit is not an it. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. The Holy Spirit is not an it is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Gift. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. 
Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.